welcome to the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust Podcast. As a private, nonprofit foundation serving the Pacific Northwest, our goal is to help build the capacity of nonprofits through thoughtful investment in individuals and organizations. On this podcast, we want to share insights and information from leading voices in a variety of sectors to help nonprofits flourish and thrive in order to serve the common good. For season three of our podcast, we're taking a moment to reflect on our benefactor, Jack Murdoch. We're looking at current industry leaders who focus on and exemplify key areas and traits that were of particular importance and interest to Jack. On today's episode, Steve Moore, executive director of the Murdoch Trust, talks about the value of entrepreneurship with Naveen Chada. Naveen is managing director at Mayfield Fund, a top-tier venture capital firm with $2.5 billion under management. He has been involved in some notable IPOs of companies including Poshmark, Lyft, SolarCity, and Akamai, as well as acquisitions of Cloudgenics by Palo Alto Networks, CloudSimple by Google, Nuvia by Qualcomm, Portworx by Pure Storage, and Volterra by F5 Networks. He's a serial entrepreneur turned venture capitalist who co-founded three successful companies, including VXStream, a streaming media platform acquired by Microsoft to become Windows Media. He's an active philanthropist who supports education, diversity, equity, inclusion, and food scarcity groups. He holds an MS degree in electrical engineering from Stanford University and a B-Tech degree in electrical engineering from IIT Delhi, where he was honored with the distinguished IIT Alumni Award. Enjoy today's episode. One of the things that I think leaders are realizing is that there is no return to normal, uh, that we're going to be moving into a whole new reality and, and that leaders have to adapt and to, uh, in a sense, learn what the new reality is going to be like. What are some of the things that you're seeing for the the years ahead are important things for leaders to be aware of? Yes, Steve, uh, happy to jump into that. First and foremost, I want to thank you as a leader of an organization and the phenomenal partnership uh, we have had with your group. And we are a big supporter of the causes uh, you guys are focused on and look forward to building on our relationship. So I would start with an onwards and upwards comment. So coming back to your question, uh, I believe the single most important skill for leaders is flexible thinking. I believe as a leader, you need to have a combination of a prepared and an open mind to succeed. The COVID-19 situation over the last year has illustrated the importance of this trait clearly. Like Mayfield, a firm which has been around for 51 years, you need to build a culture of continuous learning where you're constantly reinventing yourselves because dinosaurs never survive. So you need to build a culture of nimbleness. You need to build a culture of adaptation and reward that. A good example of this is how not only Mayfield, our portfolio companies and the world at large has all been forced to embrace remote work almost overnight and how all of us have found ways to become more productive and more successful in that mode. I would like to quote a famous author, Adam Grant, who puts it, thinking again or the ability to examine and re-examine one's own decisions 
will allow leaders and their organizations to thrive. It's a very thought-provoking exploration about provoking thought. It mines research into how to encourage open-mindedness and arrive at better results by regularly re-examining assumptions. So in summary, I'm a big believer in flexible thinking. One needs to have a combination of a prepared and open mind to succeed and build nimbleness in your culture and be willing to adapt because you don't want to be a dinosaur. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, and you know, we love uh, the relationship with Mayfield in part because you guys have done so much to help our mission, but also because we learn about the way you think and interact with organizations and with businesses and startups that you guys are a part of. One of the things that you've talked a lot about uh, in leaders is empathy. Would you say a little bit more what you mean and why you think that's an important thing? Yeah, uh, I think leaders are always watched. Uh, they're always looked upon and it's very hard for them to be 100% liked and have 100% strong voting. But how can they get there? My strong belief is empathy is one of the single most important quality a leader can demonstrate. At Mayfield, we have three beliefs that how we work with founders. First and foremost, we believe that great people evolve. Almost no one comes into a startup with skills and experience they need. As a result, you need to coach these founders and look for people who have the passion for personal and professional growth. Second, we want to be loyal to a fault. There are lots of ups and downs in the life of a company. We want to stand by our founders when the time gets tough. And finally, we don't want to beat around the bush because we believe radical candor isn't always popular, but it's often what's needed. We believe that being direct and honest with founders at every opportunity, as a famous author, Kim Scott says, care deeply, but challenge directly. So as a result, by demonstrating empathy over our 51 year history, we are able to build a zone of trust with the entrepreneur, which helps us grow from being a board member to a coach and confidant they can trust. Yeah, that, that is terrific. Uh, one of the things, I mean, that, that you've also talked some about is how critical collaboration and understanding the ecosystem uh, within which organizations and people work. And it seems like that we're in a time when relationships are breaking down some. How do leaders lean in and help build that spirit of collaboration and partnership among uh, the different parts of organizations and communities that they're a part of? Yeah, so I think uh, probably what you're referring to is uh, what I call at Mayfield is how do we not only do well, but do good for the people and the community and the planet around us. It's a sort of a triple bottom line of profit people in place approach where you have goals which are higher and bigger than the financial success of your company. So at Mayfield, over our 51-year history, we have a long tradition of philanthropy, and we support organizations that foster diversity and inclusion 
food scarcity and education. We are seeing entrepreneurs and encouraging them to go beyond doing well and not only wanting to change the way we love, live, work and play, but to have a broader impact on improving human evolution and planetary health. A good example from our portfolio is Grove Collaborative, a sustainable e-commerce platform. Uh, it's a four-year-old investment, which is a unicorn that measures its impact on how much plastic they have kept out of the oceans as much as the business metrics like customer growth and revenue. So more and more leaders need to think broadly. They need to invest in relationships, not transactions, and they need to have a firm belief that all of us are better than any of us. We love uh, that about Mayfield and that kind of thinking just seems so generative and life-giving to communities and the people that are a part of communities. And, you know, one of the things that, that we continue to talk about and work toward is getting uh, government leaders, elected officials, as well as business and nonprofit, education and health leaders and others to really see that they're a part of a larger ecosystem. Are there ways that Mayfield has seen or been able to be a catalyst at kind of bringing all of those different sectors together? Yeah, we are trying our best because our belief is building these partnership or building businesses is like running a marathon. It's not a sprint, but you need to start from somewhere, learn, and get better. Yeah, that's so what I've learned is the key to setting up the relationship in a broader ecosystem, you have to have the mindset of a win-win and have mutually aligned goals with clear metrics of success right at the beginning. I'll give you many examples of meaningful collaborations. And the key to go beyond writing a check to helping these organizations advance their mission being a primary goal and not looking for short-term successes. So let me give you three examples of where we have partnered with not-for-profit organizations and you will see they're in different dimensions. Uh, on the student front, we, we have been affiliated with Stanford for over 25 years where we endowed the Mayfield Fellows Program, which teaches students how to become entrepreneurs of tomorrow. Have we benefited from the association? Yes. Why do we feel good? Because many great companies and entrepreneurs and executives have come out of this program called Mayfield Fellows at Stanford. The professors have been teaching the courses and are excited about sharing their knowledge. The students leave the program feeling inspired to make a difference. Another example last year we started is a partnership with Code 2040 and College Track to create a summer internship program sponsored by Mayfield and our portfolio companies for URM students. We leverage the talent pipeline provided by these organizations to put forward great candidates and our portfolio companies expand their diversity initiatives by employing these students over the internship program. And these experiences prove a career accelerant to students looking to enter the tech industry. 
Again, a win-win. There's a not-for-profit, Code 2040 and College Track. Mayfield has a program for URM. And our portfolio companies want to endorse diversity initiatives. So you put it together, have mutual goals of success, and create a win-win. The last example on equity and inclusion is an organization we have partnered with, which is Him for Her, whose mission is to place women on private boards, a cause we believe in. As you know, being a limited partner in Mayfield, we've already seen the impact of women leaders on boards such as Poshmark, which has Serena Williams, uh, Susan Sandledger on the board of HashiCorp, and outreach has benefited extremely. And we're looking forward to this becoming more mainstream. So I would say, again, when you partner with uh, not-for-profit, government, you need to start small. You need to identify your goals and then build from there. Get small successes. Learn how to crawl, then walk, then run, and then fly. You can't start by flying. So take baby steps taste success, build a zone of trust between the different organization, remove the kings, and rinse and repeat. <laughs> I, the I love that. And, and we love the fact that you all take the long view. You understand that we're all growing, that, that people grow in different ways, different places, but you are, are just relentless in that desire to grow and learn and to help those around you succeed. Uh, and it, Steve, it, right? Like it can't happen. Uh, I should have mentioned this before uh, without transport, transparent communication and teamwork as they are key to building trust in any relationship. We encourage ourselves, our team members, our founders to spend a lot of time to build a healthy dynamic between each other. Where your main focus is, how do you establish a culture of honest communication? This is going to serve any partnership well in good times, but especially during tough times. And this is where, as I mentioned earlier, having one of your core values as all of us being better than any of us makes you shine, makes you shine. Yeah, that is so true. And, uh, you know, Naveen, I wonder if I were to ask you, what, what would be the cutting edge if you were going to be giving a talk, uh, kind of a cutting edge thing that you're thinking and about and learning about and wanting to grow in as a leader yourself? Yeah. Uh, so what I would say is, uh, I think... All of us need to get better. So one of the values I'm constantly aspiring, and it's one of our OKRs, objective and key results, is Mayfield is a 50 plus year organization. How do we keep evolving using teamwork, using continuous learning as our culture so that we can adapt and thrive for the next 50 years? And it can only happen if you're willing to change, have a growth mindset and are continuous learners. So this is a huge passion of mine. I think we are in the walk or the run phase. 
of it. And uh, we have to do more work. Uh, the second place where I'm spending a lot of time is practicing radical candor. We did a seminar, uh, two of them with Kim Scott, uh, one on the Conscious Capital podcast and the other in a webinar for our portfolio companies where I'm trying to put the framework of radical candor that I mentioned earlier, where you care deeply and get into the zone of trust of your team members and your portfolio company founders. But at the same time, since you are in that zone of trust and can be their confidant, you end up challenge them directly and you don't beat around the bush. So I think those are the two things. How do I keep endorsing a culture of continuous learning and adaptation and how I encourage myself and step up for practicing more radical candor. I love and, uh, I love those two concepts, Naveen, of adaptive teams and radical candor. I, I think that's just uh, so needed. But how do we practice radical candor in an age where there's such increased sensitivity and in a and I, what you might say volatility uh, at people? afraid of giving offense in, can in candor? Yeah, so I think, uh, I don't know how others are doing it. I believe in practicing uh, what I preach or what I say, and I want my actions to speak louder than my words. Uh, so let's say I'm working on a new investment with a new founder uh, whom we don't know. So one of the things where I focused with Mayfield being a people first firm is spending time with the founder to look at what's driving them. Do they have the X factor, which I mean the vision and the hunger to walk through any wall? Are they self-aware and secure in their skin? Are they team players? Do they think beyond themselves? And do they practice continuous learning and are honest and have high EQ? So I end up in a new investment, spending all my time understanding the founder, then giving them feedback. And before we invest, say, hey, we are here to support you. Our job is to help accelerate your dreams of changing the world and having impact. But to do that, we are a coach. We're not here to take over your jobs. We are here in a support role, but as a coach and a mentor who can help you develop. If you agree with that kind of a relationship and your business and tech checks out, we are there. But if you don't need that kind of a relationship, you're looking for the highest valuation, you're looking for a transactional experience, Mayfield doesn't have a product for you. Period. Right? So start with setting expectations before you even make the investment. That's the only way one can do it. Don't surprise people, right? Just agree to the rules of engagement. And it will work for some people. Where it works, you work together on investment. Where you're not aligned on those values, yeah. no need to do an investment, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're in the business, of not only making great investments, but partnering with entrepreneurs who believe 
in doing well by doing good by others for the same time. We're not in this for short-term success. We want to help build iconic companies which change the way people work, live, and play. And in order to do that, nobody comes to the job is perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm learning every day. So if I don't get feedback and think I know everything, the organization will stop growing, right? An organization only grows at the rate the leader is growing. So if I believe in that, why won't I have that honest conversation with any founder I'm investing in? And if you can do that and they feel, aha, I get it. This person is my coach. I can go use the person as a sounding board. Then sky's the limit. They don't feel you're, they're measuring you. You're watching their back. I think people are so hungry for those kinds of relationships in all different sectors and really across sectors. Uh, but at times, Naveen, it seems like uh, certain uh, parts of our, our culture uh, become very hostile or uh, against business and against uh, the kind of work that investment funds uh, may do. What is it you wish they understood about business and investment firms that often uh, are misunderstood or misunderstand about them? Yeah. So I think I would talk to other entrepreneurs. Every firm is different. At Mayfield, we are a people-first firm. We believe people make products. It's not the other way around. We believe we bet on the jockey and not the racetrack. And what I mean by that is we bet on the founder and not on the market they're going after because A plus founders might be in a C, D or E market. They'll pivot to find the A market. So founders need to do their work to figure out whom they're picking to work with. And I don't think every firm is the same. I think uh, every firm has a different model, not that it's good or bad. They're different religions. You pick the religion you want to go practice. And then I would say check references with other entrepreneurs to see if that firm style matches what you're looking for. So don't just go with readings and have general uh, feelings about it. Say if you like Italian food, you have bad experience at an Italian restaurant. That doesn't mean all restaurants don't serve uh, good food. And the mentality at Mayfield is we are a services firm. We are here to serve entrepreneurs. And to be in business, we need to do good by our limited partners and take small boxes of money and make them bigger. Because at the end of the day, we are in the financial services industry and we have two customers. We have our limited partners and we have entrepreneurs. And then finally, all this can only happen if our entire team is marching in one direction and is working at the top of the Maslow's hierarchy. So that's the culture I embrace. And I want to keep it simple. Mutual alignment, entrepreneur, limited partner, and employees. That's terrific, uh, Naveen. And we cannot thank you enough for being such a great partner with the Murdoch Trust as we seek to nurture and advance the 
individuals, families, and communities in the Pacific Northwest as they, uh, we desire for them to flourish. And we just so appreciate your wisdom and leadership and the example that you all provide just for uh, so many to follow. And so again, we give you thanks for taking the, the time to uh, have this conversation today and uh, just keep up the great work. No, really appreciate the partnership. We're still learning on how we amplify our philanthropic efforts, how we endorse diversity, equity, inclusion, food scarcity, and education. And we look upon our partners like you and really appreciate your kind words. Uh, I think it's just the beginning. There's much more to come from my efforts and my team efforts at Mayfield on this front. Uh, I really want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my views and my thoughts here today. And that wraps up this episode of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust podcast. For more information on writing great grants, as well as resources on fundraising, board development, leadership, team management, and a variety of other topics in the nonprofit space, please visit our website, murdochtrust.org. This episode of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust podcast was produced by Colby Reed with special thanks to Monica Santos. Music by Lobo Loco via the Free Music Archive. Copyright MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust 2021. All rights reserved.